pick a window. about to listen to I Told You So, the world's greatest relationship podcast. Hosted by Tiffany and Jeff, two people in the healthiest relationship of all time. Join our power couple as we explore the ups and downs of love, offering you the tools you need to navigate the relationship scene with charm, humor, and grace. Welcome to I Told You So, where love is our business and laughter is our secret weapon. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um... Hi, we didn't record last week. I know, too bad. Yeah, it's been. Our, our, we, we're supposed to record Sundays, is when everything gets done. That's when everything gets taken care of. Mm-hmm. And the last few Sundays have been fucking chaos. Yeah. Uh, we didn't do a left show this week, um, mainly because there's a pretty good chance I'm, you know, trying to pass a kidney stone mm-hmm. or. My back is really fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. <laughs> There's something terribly wrong. And between your kidney stone issues and whatever the fuck is going on with me, we just... It was a long, long was, day. I couldn't sit in this chair. <clears throat> yeah. Um, my office chair is old and very uncomfortable after, after 10 or 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's just brutal. And I had already sat in the chair for two hours to do the comic book show. Yeah. And was just like, I can't do it. You're done. So we took that day off. So we're recording this a little late. Um, It's dropping on Friday, uh, which makes a lot more sense to me. But hi. Hi. It's good to see you. Oh, it's good to be here. I have made my excuses. Mm -hmm. And now we can move on. How how has your last couple of weeks been? Really good. Really good. Um, I have a new program I'm starting at work. It's a youth usher program. I'm pretty excited about it. It sounds great. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really neat. It's fun to see the younger kids in the theater, you know, and that's what we want. That's our goal. It is. Um, we do the same thing at the comic book shop, mm-hmm. and that is you entice and delight the youth because that's your future customers. Exactly. You know, and I mean, it's got it's sort of a you know, hey kid, first one's free. <laughs> All the cool kids are doing it vibe to it. But basically it's you're inviting children to fall in love with literature and art. Yeah. And that's better than drugs. Of course. Yeah. Well, they're so excited. <clears throat> I love their energy. It was fun to have them. Last night was our first workshop and it went really well. So anyway, that's what I've been really busy with that the last couple of weeks getting ready for it. So well, on our end, on my end, um, getting ready for Wasatch Comic Con, mm-hmm. um, ate a shitload of time. Yeah, how did that go? Uh, went well, from what I understand. I, as you know, really didn't don't get to go and hang out at stuff like this because I have to run. You have to Falls. work, yeah. And so um, we don't we don't have enough employees to take time off. Um, it's just basically me and Braxton. And if something happens, it's one of us. It's between you two. Yeah. And you guys figure it out. I mean, we've I don't done, know how you do it. We've done pretty well. It's, you know, there's a, I mean, that's another podcast I should probably start is one for me and Braxton. Yeah. Because it is, it is the most symbiotic relationship I've had with someone I've worked with in a long time, hmm. you know, outside of politics. I've, I've never been in a retail situation where 
um, I've gotten along with someone as well as Braxton and I get along. So I've thought about I've thought about he and I doing a podcast together. It'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, and he's game. Um, Is he? Yeah, we've talked about it. It's a matter of figuring out uh, format and availability. Yeah, the, your schedules are going to be tough. Yeah. So how would you do that with just the two of you? Are you going to record from Doctor Volts? I've been thinking about <laughs> it. I got Taylor got me this this little plug into the phone microphone kit. Oh. Yeah. And it's got it's got two lapel mics that are wireless Bluetooth that connect to the thingy that connects to the phone. Oh, the phone nice. does the recording. And it occurred to me that we could we could do it while we're working. Yeah. And then it occurred to me that ownership might find that a waste of time. <laughs> so I think that'd be a fun podcast. I'd listen. Yeah, because there would definitely be uh, customer interruptions. Mm-hmm. Um. And both both of us yelling from one end of the store to the other. <laughs> so we're anyway we're we're thinking about format at this point. Um, you know, uh, something to do with my generation and his generation, and us sharing back and forth bits of culture that we remember uh, that have been significant to us in our lives. Mm-hmm. The beauty of that is the depth of Braxton's pop culture knowledge. It goes back decades before his birth. <laughs> You yeah. know, he knows lyrics to shit I don't know. And I was in a cover band for nine years. So I, I think it's going to be, I think it'll be really interesting. And I'm looking forward to that. And that's, that'll be coming up pretty soon. I love the way you talk about Braxton. He's great. He's so much fun. I love Sweet. that guy. Um, and then uh, it looks like rising from the ashes of the archives. Um, I'm going to start up, uh, tell me a story again um, here in the next before Christmas, at any rate. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I, I have I have people that I've wanted to talk to that are finally reaching back out and letting Ooh, me know that they're good. interested. So um, I'll probably try and do that over the next few weeks. Is bank a few stories so yeah. that I can I can do a release and get back into that and figure out how that fits into whatever my schedule is going to be Sweet. coming out of Christmas. Oh, I'm excited for that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Good news. I hope so. Um, it's it's sounding exciting to me. But, I mean, okay, so that's five minutes. Um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about this week um, are better communications and relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I do pretty well. Every once in a while, we'll, we'll hold back a little, mm-hmm. keep a little secret, just because we're worried about the feelings of the other person. Do we? I do. Oh, okay, I'm learning this. <laughs> no, no, you have talked about this. Don't bust my balls. No, I am because I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Every once in a while, something pops up, and it's just like I am momentarily aggrieved about this, but I know it's not a long term thing. Oh, okay. So I'll just let it go. Yeah. You know, and it's there's not a lot mm-hmm. with us. Which is very nice. <laughs> you know, in, in former relationships, keeping secrets was a tool of survival. Right. You know, and with us, it's like, um, just because I'm annoyed right now, I'm going to sit on this for a minute, see how I feel, take a long look at it, and mm-hmm. see if this is a real feeling or if this is just a momentary glitch that doesn't need to become a fucking issue. Yeah. You know, and that's just it, is it's I will freely admit to having big feelings that I keep suppressed. Mm -hmm. But I do. I feel things very loudly. And I usually, just habitually, um, 
I get I get pissy about stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't need to be pissy, but that's just my reaction. That's just that's just my habits built over five decades. Mm-hmm. You know, is that is that every once in a while something will pop up and I'll be like, Meh. and I'm like, am I really upset? No. All right, then shut the fuck up. Move on with your day. Let it go. That's just that's sort of how I deal with it. That's not necessarily the best idea, mm-hmm. you know. And that there are there are ways that we can communicate uh, with one another, or that I can communicate with other people. Um, that doesn't have to be the knee jerk reaction of being fucking annoyed with everything, even though that is my favorite emotion is annoyance. <laughs> is it? No, I hate it, but okay. it's what I feel the most. Yeah. You know, I run around annoyed all the time. Things just bug the shit out of me. And, you know, and if it's political, I have an out. I, I can. Bleh, yeah. And, and I do so every week at the world's greatest political podcast, The Left Show, available at theleftshow.com every Monday morning. Give her a listen. <laughs> I was drinking. You're supposed to fill when I drink. That was me. Not silly. make me laugh. <laughs> Sorry. So I found an article from a website called alchemyoflove.com. This is, were I not doing a relationship podcast, something I would never read. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to be honest. You wouldn't read it for us? No, because I think we get along just fine. But as I'm reading through this this article, I'm like, oh. Here's some shit that I can work on. And I think that in in more than anything else is knowing you have shit to work on and then working on that shit, you know, is healthy and yeah. good as opposed to knowing you have shit to work on and avoiding it because you don't have time. It doesn't take that much time. It's thinking. You think all the time. Or the desire. I mean, it's not easy. It's not always easy to work on your shit or fun. It's it's rarely fun. So on this one, six ways to better communicate in relationships. Number one, make friends with your anger. Everybody's going to get mad. It just happens. And it's how you deal with that and how you express that anger uh, that's going to basically dictate how well you get along with your partner. Um. Lots of people are raised to avoid expressing any anger or upset feelings. If you grew up in a family where anger was only expressed in passive-aggressive ways, or if you grew up with a parent who expressed anger in scary, out-of-control ways, you might avoid expressing anger. Yeah, I struggle with this. Yes, you do. <laughs> you you suppress yeah. quite a lot because you're involved with me. And I'm infuriated. No, you're not. I don't get angry a lot. No? I, no, I really don't. I don't like to feel angry. Well, that's true. So I work really hard on letting it go. But <clears throat> this is true about me. Like, I will surpass. I will suppress it. Yeah. Um, these early associations make it difficult to separate the healthy emotion of anger from the unhealthy expressions of anger. When you have something to bring up with your partner, knowing how you're feeling helps with the conversation, getting it off on the right foot. Anger is frequently referred to as a secondary emotion because it often comes in response to another feeling like sadness, hurt, fear, or anxiety. That means when you're angry, it's worth taking a pause, take a deep breath, check in with yourself, 
and see what else you're feeling mm-hmm. in addition to your anger. Now, for me, as we have talked about many times, anger is one of my base emotions. Mm-hmm. It is honestly the most motivating emotion for me. <laughs> when I'm pissed, I work better, I work faster, um, you know, and when I'm happy, I have to keep myself on task. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's I find I find a lot of clients infuriating and oh. I just want to get it over with. <laughs> I, I did not done. I didn't realize that. I mean, I can see it now. You ever seen the difference between me cleaning the kitchen when I'm in a good mood and me cleaning the kitchen when I'm pissed? <laughs> you know, yes, when I'm pissed, it's louder, but it's faster. Uh, Shit just gets done. Wow. You know, because I hate cleaning the kitchen. I know. I know you do. I don't know why. I think it's, you know, <clears throat> take that back to, to, you know, early childhood. And that was when you were told to clean the kitchen. And this goes back to when I was seven, eight years old. If you didn't do it right, the next thing you know, you were on your hands and knees with a toothbrush and wow. a bowl and a bowl of soapy water and a bowl of clear water and two rags. Oh, God. And you scrubbed each. We had the linoleum with the little four by four inch squares. Yeah. You scrubbed each square and its surrounding channels. <laughs> oh and then you scrubbed it with a toothbrush and then you... You dipped the toothbrush in the non-soapy water and did it again, and then you had a wet, the damp towel and a dry towel, with and you would do it square by square by square, and then when you were done with that, you you would do the dishes and you would do this and you would do that, and it was all very tedious. It was all you know very very torturous, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you've seen my knees. My knees have been fucked up since I was a little kid. And so when you're on all fours scrubbing a fucking kitchen floor in what has been designed by the anger that gave you the task in the first place, mom, um, you know, then it hurts. Mm-hmm. And so I hate it. I just fucking hate it. Because um, I, I honestly think that it's like if you do a job like wash the floor and you miss a spot, you go wash that spot. Mm-hmm. That's how I am as a parent. It's like, hey, you don't have to do a shitty job. You can wash that spot. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, oh, you missed a spot. Now you have to do a thing that I'm pretty sure is outlawed in the Geneva Conventions. Toothbrush cleaning a kitchen floor. And you've seen that kitchen. It's not small. No. No. So taking time to check in with your feelings lets you share the full range of emotions with your partner, not just your anger. That's important. Um It gives your partner the opportunity to understand you better and have empathy for how you're feeling rather than just responding to your uh, anger with defensiveness. You and I have worked out a way somehow without really mapping it out or speaking about it of being able to defer conversations Mm -hmm. without hurting each other's feelings, unless I'm wrong. Example. Do you have an example? When I'm mad at something and you can tell that I'm in a bad mood and you ask me about it and I just go, I don't, I'm not ready to talk about this. You're Mm -hmm. like, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Tell me when you're ready. Like that. Okay. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes you don't want to talk to me about stuff Mm -hmm. and I do my best to respect that. Yeah. I'm not as respectful as you are. No, I think you do a great job. But I poke. 
You want to talk about that thing yet? You want to talk about that thing yet? You want to talk about it? Because if we get in a fight, we're going to have makeup. Hmm? Which we don't do because That's we we've we've had two arguments. Two not a thing for us. We've had two major arguments in in the seven years we've been together. <laughs> yeah. We've had three or four kerfuffles, uh-huh. but for the most part. We just keep finding new and different ways to make sure that we're okay. Yeah. You know, you, you found, I can't remember the lady's name. Brene. Yeah. The percentages. Mm -hmm. And that has been game changing. Yeah. I Um, really love that. So, and what that is, is basically, and we'll, we'll delve into this on future episodes because I really want to give this lady some time, but uh, it's, it's basically... How are you feeling today? Mm-hmm. Um, marriages can't be 50-50. No. You know, relationships cannot be 50-50 all the time. Some days they can be. Sure. It's weird. <laughs> you know, but some days you're only feeling 10%. Some yeah. days you're only feeling 20%. Some days you're feeling 2%. I've had a few of those. Yeah, I have too. Yeah. And, and so... When something feels like it's dragging or it feels like, not conflict isn't the word I'm using, but when there's a little bit of friction or or you can just feel that something's out of place, mm-hmm. we'll check in. Mm-hmm. You know, what's your percentage today? Yeah, where are you at? Yeah, and it seems like together our totals usually range around 25 to 40. <laughs> yeah. I, don't think, I don't think we've ever made it a day where we were both feeling over 50%. I have. I've I've covered yours before. You always cover mine. You're amazing at it. No, but if we, if we can't, at least we, if we can't cover that each other's and get to a hundred percent, then we know that we have to be careful with each other. Right. And yeah. be extra forgiving and let shit go. Yeah. And you are amazing at that. You really do. You take good care of me. Thank you. You take good care of me. Well, thank you. I'm happy to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Number two, learn how to tell the difference between thoughts and feelings. Most of us don't receive any education in identifying our feelings when we're growing up. That is unfortunate because emotional literacy is crucial to having a successful relationship. It's basically being able to accurately label your feelings. Confusing thoughts with feelings is a common source of communication problems in relationships. It's also associated with depression in adults. In relationships, the confusion between thoughts and feelings inevitably leads to frustrating attempts to talk about problems. So, for example, from the article, let's say you've been worried that your partner is losing interest in you and doesn't seem to care about you in the same way that they did in the past, which leads you to say, I feel like you don't care about me anymore. And while it can seem like you've shared your feelings, what you've actually expressed is an interpretation of your partner's feelings. Hmm. Mm. This one... (laughs) caused me some problems in my previous relationship. Oh. Because feelings uh, were valued as, you know, almost almost like a platinum commodity, Mm -hmm. but just one person's feelings. Right. Yeah. Everything else was an attack. And so what I did was shut the fuck up until we would argue. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, suck it up, suck it up, suck it up, kabloom. And then that was the pattern. You know, their their pattern was blow up. Right. That's <laughs> rough. You know. Um, anyway, um, 
while you're on the receiving end of this sort of statement, it sounds like an attack. The you don't care about me uh, is heard more loudly than I feel like. Uh, it's likely that your partner would jump in to defend themselves and point to actions that disprove your statement. Something like, that's not true. Look at all the shit I do for you. Um, because this response shifts the conversation from your original feeling to them justifying all the good things they do for you. It's likely you'll feel dismissed and unheard. And then you're in an argument that goes nowhere. Nowhere. It's Absolutely a circle. Nowhere. Oh. Um, on the other hand, being able to verbalize your feelings by saying things like, I've been feeling disconnected from you lately and I've noticed myself worrying that you don't care about me anymore is a better way um, to share your feelings. Uh, because it's got a bit of a disconnect and worry at the center of the confirmation, and it's more likely to lead to a productive conversation. Mm-hmm. You know. So sometimes I choose. This is hard for me, and so I want to make sure that I use the right words and I'm getting across my point. So it's actually easier for me to text you. Yeah. And instead of talking. Right, right in front of you. It's because I'm so pretty. <laughs> you get distracted. I just, I know it's silly to like to be texting you from across the room. No, but it works for us. I think. I think, and I'll, I'll just throw this out. Um, whatever works works, mm-hmm. and that works for mm-hmm. us. You know, um, yeah. Once emotionality becomes into play. Whatever it is you're talking about becomes more about the emotions on display than it does about the content of the conversation. And so being able to pull that back a little bit and do it in text, also good for reference. (laughs) Yeah. You know, not to use against each other. And that's a that's a valuable lesson I've learned since you and I started our relationship because it used to be, oh, yeah, well, you said this screenshot. Oh, my gosh. That is so much effort. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much. It's so much um, attention to like the negative parts of your relationship instead of focusing on the positive. Absolutely. Making it healthier. Oh, and I am so, so guilty of that, you know, mm-hmm. and it's and it's I am petty. I can be petty. I love to win <laughs> arguments. Um I mean, it's you go back. I mean, go back to high school and into college, and it's like you know, I, I did debate. I I went to nationals a couple of times. I won gold medals, trophies, and plaques, you know, all over the 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 you know Western United States for arguing. I'm an award-winning arguer. I like it. Um, but there's a way to have a nice structured argument, and there's a way to just devolve into emotional bullshit, and. Over the years, I got more into emotional bullshit than I did about logical arguments because it seemed that a logical argument would just cause another argument anyway. You know, sometimes when you're angry, there is nothing more frustrating than your partner being fucking calm. (laughs) I I think I've proved to you that I can be just as petty. I can play the game. As well. Yeah? <laughs> yeah? Give me an example. I don't know. I can't share it. Oh. <laughs> but I've called you. I've called. I've seen your game and I've called you on your game. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, that's yeah. totally valid. I was thinking about the time you tried to manipulate me into seeing Mamma Mia. <laughs> that was genius. That was genius. So find the right moment to chat with your partner. But don't wait too long. 
this one's full of of subjective statements. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't know how to measure what's too long. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it's better to just bleh mm -hmm. and get it out, even if you think you have waited too long. But when there's something on your mind you want to talk about with your partner, it's best to talk at a time when you can both be fully focused on the conversation. So, for instance, if your partner is doing a thing, you know, like work or, or something for the family or whatever, yeah. and they're in the middle of a thing, that's not, that's not really a great time to be like, hey, I'd like to talk about a relationship. Yeah. Like um, when they go out <laughs> for the night and you're upset that they go out for the night and so you're going to like blow up their phone. So not cool. You've never done that. No, neither of you. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, wait, did I do that? <laughs> no. no, I didn't do that. No, but in past relationships, I've experienced that. So sometimes the best way to figure out how to have a difficult conversation um, is saying something like, there's something I want to talk to you about. What's a good time for you? Now. Um, <laughs> that's also a trigger. Yep. I was a panic say, trigger. That text is, yeah. You know, and again, uh, find a good time to make this statement. <laughs> like not when they're at work or not when they're doing a thing or not when they're involved in stuff. You know, it's, I think a good time to make this one is when they're coming out of the bathroom. What oh. else are you doing? You just finished business. You're in between that business and the next business. And so it's a really good time to be like, hey, uh, can we chat soon? You know, and what? never, ever say, we need to talk. Hey, we need to talk. Yeah. Because I don't care who you are or what you're about. <laughs> that That is a it's fucked up true. way to, to imply so confirmation. So much anxiety. Another alternative is I like talking about something that's on my mind. Is now a good time? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. I think that's better than when's a good time for you. We need to talk. Yeah. <clears throat> it is. Uh, because it's, it's important to find the right moment. It's equally important not to put the conversation off indefinitely. Because like I mentioned with previous relationships, all I would do was just build up pressure until that pressure finally blew. Mm -hmm. No fun. Nobody likes it. No, and I think um, there's something to be said about being honest in the moment and allowing your partner the ability to change and fix what it is that has happened yeah. like to make it right you can't fix something that you don't know and you're not aware of oh absolutely not on purpose anyway no yeah uh, make sure your verbal and nonverbal communication match so when i'm stomping around the kitchen being noisy with the silverware in our metal, our stainless steel sink. Mm -hmm. Really good for conductive annoyed noises, by the way. <laughs> you know, you don't even have to drop anything very hard to make a nice boom. Yeah. You know, or just shut a cupboard too hard. But when, when, when that's my body language and you're like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm fine. That's bullshit. You know, and it's usually pretty easy to see. What's difficult is looking at your partner and saying... That's bullshit without <laughs> yeah. pissing them off. Now, and again, it just, it, it uh, not a brag, not a humble brag, but when you and I talk back and forth and you call me on my bullshit, I, I seem to, I usually take it pretty well. Yeah. You know, um, and I used to get just 
wildly annoyed and extremely defensive mm-hmm. when it's like, that's bullshit. Fuck you. That's not bullshit. I tell you how I feel. You don't tell me how I feel. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That was a that was a big one. Was always getting told how I feel about things. Very fucking annoying. Yeah. You know? And so if you're annoyed and you're putting on theater, stomp, 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 and somebody goes, What's up? That's a really good time to be like, Yeah, here's what's up. <laughs> you know? Take a deep breath. Count your 10 and then answer the question honestly. I'm annoyed about blank. You know, uh, I'm annoyed that people don't rinse their dishes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a difference between rinsing a dish and getting a dish wet and leaving <laughs> it in the sink. Huge difference. You're better at this than I am. I, this, I struggle with this. Yeah. It's hard for me to like, to when I'm that angry that I'm um, banging things and slamming things. Uh, I don't really usually could have the words to talk that out. <laughs> I'm usually not in that headspace anymore. Yeah. So here's the example the article gives and says, imagine you're sitting at a table with a friend and there's one cookie left on a plate in the middle of the table. You ask, is it okay if I eat this last cookie? And your friend goes, sure. In a hesitant tone while frowning. Do you eat the cookie? Yes. Depends on the friend. <laughs> it, I mean, it really does. It depends on the friend. Do I know by that tone that they're going to be pissy? Yes or no? If the answer is yes, I then have to go, do I care? <laughs> if they're annoyed that I eat the cookie? Mm-hmm. And there are some friends where I do not care. I'm just like, fuck it, I want a cookie. Yeah. And then there's some friends where it's like, I know not to eat this cookie. And instead to go, hey, bud, what's wrong? You know? And, and and that's sort of figuring out in communications, here's my verbals, here's my nonverbals, mm-hmm. or here's their verbals and their nonverbals, and is this an irreparable action I'm about to take? You know, is this a friend that is so high strung that this is going to cause a problem for a year? Or is this yeah. a friend who's being pissy because I got to the cookie first? And if it's them being pissy because I got to the cookie first, fuck you, get to the cookie faster. <laughs> Right. You, you slow bitch. Yeah, I'm thinking about you in particular. You know it. You know who you, you are. You know who you are. Uh, because we're biologically wired to detect signs of distress in our intimate partners, uh, when a partner seems upset but insists they're fine, uh, it creates confusion and self-doubt for the one who is correctly uh, intuiting that some big feelings are happening just below the surface. That is true. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And I think one of the one of the most important things is when you get called on it, you know, you're I'm just going to keep using the kitchen. You're banging around the kitchen. Somebody says, what's up? Mm-hmm. Just just take a deep breath and just be honest. Nothing's going to get fixed if you're keeping it a secret. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, um, it's hard. I have to remind myself that it is a safe space that I can do that. I think in past relationships, it's been hard for me, but you were very good at that. Oh, so I appreciate that. Well, I appreciate you noticing. See, <laughs> look at us communicating. Ah. Number five, practice the art of listening. This one seems so fucking obvious <laughs> and yet is the most difficult thing for me sometimes. <clears throat> my internal dialogue is loud. Mm-hmm. 
It is decisive. It knows what's going on, even if it doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, it is uh, my my base emotions are. I believe in what I feel so hard that it is hard to change my mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, but as much as possible, listen to your partner with uh, patience and curiosity. Um, so often, uh, when we're supposed to be listening, what's actually happened is we're waiting for our turn to talk again. <laughs> yes. What? I've, I've never. Uh, uh, yeah, I do this all the time. Listen to understand, not to respond. I, I, I would posit both. You know, one of the things that we did in debate when your, when your enemy opponent whatever oh, okay. is opponent. uh is making their spiel you know when they're presenting their evidence their points their facts their opinions whatever you write down what they're saying mm-hmm. so that you can hit those individual issues so mm-hmm. when i am having an equivocation with someone i am listening to what they say so that i can respond to the points that they make mm-hmm and in some ways, that's good. That's mildly evolved. And in some ways, it is not. <laughs> you know, in some ways, I am just waiting for a chance to go, fuck you, you're wrong. Here's what I know. Bleh. Yeah. You know, and again, like I said, my base emotion is mainly anger. That's just been my driving motivation my whole life. And over the last few years, my base motivation has not been anger. And I've been a little adrift. <sighs> You know, um, so I know that that makes communication between us sometimes, if not difficult, unsatisfying, because I don't know where the fuck I am half the time. You know, I want to react a certain way. I'm used to. I have the habit of reacting in certain ways. And one of those is not paying attention in the right way. I am paying attention in in. A response clash sort of way. Does that make sense? I yes, I hear what you're saying. I haven't. Ex- I don't feel like I've experienced that with you. That's good. Yeah, I'm evolving. <laughs> I'm becoming a better person. Yes, you are. I am the world's greatest. Never mind. <laughs> um, the Left Show Mondays at theleftshow.com. Um, as much as possible. No, I didn't. I did that one already. Um, In other words, separating what your partner is communicating from your own internal dialogue in response to the situation is crucial. It is a major skill in developing the art of listening well. And I guess that's the difference is I listen just fine, but I don't listen well very often because, like I said, it's really loud in here. This is my cabeza de caca, you know, it really is. But, uh, the, um, I feel like you do. I feel like you pay attention to think, to what I, to what I say. You remember and you pay attention. I'm trying. Yeah. You know, and sometimes I get it and sometimes I don't. Well, sure. And sometimes you're just so goddamn forgiving that you don't even notice I've fucked up. <laughs> I mean, it really is, is you, you permiss me to be me enough that Sometimes you don't notice when I just really screw the pooch, you know, I think I focus on when I, so instead of getting defensive, um, 
I really focus on remembering that we're on the same team. Yeah. <laughs> and that, I don't know why it's so such a simple thing, but it really helps me. Um, if I'm listening to you venting or you, if you're angry, I just remember like we're on the same team. Well, I got me, you. Yeah. Let me finish this one off with a quote from the article okay. that I like. Uh, Brene Brown, expert on courage and vulnerability and relationship, recommends using the phrase, the story I'm telling myself is that you think, feel, bleh. This phrase can work like magic to transform an interaction. Instead of interrupting your partner mid-sentence to say, I get it, you think I'm an asshole. You might instead say, I'm guessing this isn't necessarily true, but the story I'm telling myself right now is that you think I'm a total jerk. Right? And that's better than you say this about me Mm -hmm. as opposed to this is what I'm hearing and feeling. You know, would you care to communicate more or am I just a total asshole? And sometimes it's hard to find those words when you're upset and you're in the middle of a discussion, which is why, again, texting is so great when for me in those moments. It's obviously difficult in the heat of an argument to remember to check in and make sure you're understanding your partner, but it is totally worth the effort to do so. Number six, remember that hard conversations aren't one and done. Well, that's true. It's tricky. We have one that I'm not really going to go into a lot of depth about right now because I don't, I don't, I don't really like talking shit on previous partners, Mm -hmm. you know, whether I think they have it coming or not. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was always explosion. And then now, now I've said what, what's, my problem fix it and fuck off you know and and the the one and done was i've expressed my feelings so you will make the change and then if i would express the feelings it was like back to number five Mm. fuck you this is what i'm hearing and you're an asshole Mm -hmm. you know and so with us working through difficult problems and we have had some um, we talk about it and we talk about it several times. Mm-hmm. It keeps it, it keeps coming up because sometimes huge problems that have a lot of big feelings attached to them are not necessarily inside our power to fix. You know, and I'm being I'm being very obtuse right now on purpose. <laughs> but that is we have had we have had a recurring fucking problem, mm-hmm. you know, with my ex that has not changed and if anything has gotten worse over time Mm -hmm. that the less contact the more hate Mm -hmm. and and we'd both like it to change but what i do is fucking choke it down and what you do is say this is really fucking me up can we talk about it Mm -hmm. you know and i and those are when those are conversations where i am i get defensive quite easily you know because i'm helpless in the situation and helplessness for me is the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. I hate not being able to fix shit, you know, because fixing shit is kind of what I do. It's what you do. Yeah. And so being unable to fix a problem or to move a problem or to even influence a fucking problem frustrates me. And so I get to feeling like I'm being told I don't care, you know, oh. and that, that caused us some friction 
for the first few years. And I think more recently, especially this year, after all of the fucking problems this year has had, you know, every goddamn time we turned around, something got fucked up. Mm -hmm. And and that has been the theme of 2023. Like, I'd much rather be in 2020 right now. <laughs> oh, I know. That's saying something, huh? Yeah, because what did we do? We caught COVID twice? <laughs> um, we stayed home and drank Gatorade. Ugh. I do miss the lockdown. I know. I do I too really, sometimes. I thrived in the lockdown. I got so much shit done. It was glorious. Um, so couples are far more successful at working through difficult problems when they approach the issue as an ongoing conversation rather than as a discussion they can have one time and then never have to talk about it again. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that ultimatum conversations you know, are usually problematic. Every once in a while, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Hey, you peed on the seat. I'm sorry. I'm mortified. <laughs> I'm going to stop doing that. You know, we'll never bring it up again. And and I think that I have been fine. <laughs> I was high. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't even know I peed on the seat. I, I just and it was funny. It was. You know, but I mean, that's really what it is. Is you could tell me. Hey, this bugs me and is way out of line. And I can recognize that this bugs you and is way out of line and I can make an immediate change. And we're only talking about it now because I'm using it as an example because it happened once. It happened once, but I didn't say, I didn't say that. I just, I thought it was funny because I, obviously you were high. Because you've never done that before. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, wow, he really missed Really missed the mark there. At least I made it in the right room. I'm so glad you didn't pee in the closet. Yeah. Um, So when couples try to get it over with and move on, they end up feeling hopeless and frustrated when the issue inevitably comes up again. If your expectation is to just talk about it once and then move on, it's easy to end up feeling like your brave attempt to talk it through went nowhere. Instead, if you approach the conversation with an expectation that this is just the first in a series of conversations Mm -hmm. about this particular topic, then you know that you don't have to figure everything out right now. This reminds me of a stupid fucking rule that I do not like. And that's never go to bed angry. Yeah. You know what? Sometimes you can't help it. Yeah. Now, you and I, I don't go to bed angry, you know, with you can't can't actually think of a day when i have which is lucky for us but Mm -hmm. in my previous experiences i went to bed angry all the time because there was nothing to do about it there was absolutely nowhere to go there was no way to fix it so sometimes sometimes you just have to suck it up and know this is going to happen again and it's going to be a problem because not everything is small no yeah that's all i think i've gone to bed feeling angry maybe not at you but like whatever the situation is sure angry yeah and just recognizing that like i needed time tomorrow's a new day we'll hit it and think about it then you know there's something to be said for hitting something fresh the next day Mm -hmm. after you've had time to dream your way through it and whatever else happens yeah yeah i do like that Uh, One thing that might help is to remember that talking through hard issues is the key to having fulfilling relationships. 
It's the key not because you get an immediate solution to your problem. It's the key because the process of working through difficult issues helps you both develop uh, as communication, learn how to trust each other, grow together in your relationship in ways you never imagined when you first got together. Yep, totally agree with that. Yep, yep. It lets you frame the conversation as what can we do differently to solve this problem together, and then you're a team again. We're a team. I love teams. I know you love teams. All right, that's your six for this week. Uh, We're going to take a little break. When we get back on the other side, we're going to answer questions from people that didn't ask us. Neil Armstrong waited six hours and 39 minutes to step onto the surface of the moon. Jackie Robinson waited 20 months to play his first game with the Brooklyn Dodgers. And even DiCaprio had to wait 22 years to win an Oscar. You can wait until your destination. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Wouldn't it be great if life came with a remote control? You know, you could hit pause when you needed to, or hit rewind. Like that time you knocked down that wasp's nest. Uh Uh-oh. Well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome. But pre-diabetes does. With early diagnosis and a few healthy changes, you can stop pre-diabetes before it leads to type 2 diabetes. To learn your risk, take the one-minute test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Just just got a couple of weird ones this week. Um, I, don't, I don't know if they're interesting or not. I just know that they are not normal. Okay. Uh, This is a letter from a 35-year-old female and a 38-year-old male partner. Um, They have children together. They have a house together. They've been in a committed relationship for four years. They've both been married and divorced previously. Okay. Um, She says she previously worked as a dominatrix. Um, She says she has zero issues with kink, BDSM, or sex work. In fact, I think sex work shouldn't be discriminated, not legalized because the government would find some way to tax it. And if there's one thing you sure shit shouldn't be taxed on, it's your body. I agree. I, I still think legalization is important, but I also agree with this point. That's my dichotomy in this letter so mm-hmm. far. Uh, so, no, I'm not here to shame anyone for doing sex work or whatever their kinks or fetishes are. And no, I'm not blaming her. It's her job. What? Turns out. Her partner went to see a prostitute. Uh, she says, I'm posting partly to vent because I no longer live near family and friends and also because I genuinely want the opinions of strangers. Uh, completely neutral parties. Not his friends, not my mom, not a chaplain who will come at this with a religious perspective, just average people looking in. We had our youngest baby seven months ago. Rough pregnancy with health issues and several medical scares. We stopped having sex a few months in. So, yeah, it's been a while. Then postpartum anxiety hit, low self-esteem. Your body isn't the same. You don't feel attractive or super awesome about yourself. Uh, And in that, my mental health was struggling, and I had just been diagnosed with PTSD and starting therapy. I made no effort to initiate intimacy of a sexual nature at all. There was a lot going on on my end. Um... So fast forward to a few days ago, I get on the desktop uh, to look at holiday deals uh, for Christmas stuff, uh, and I went to email his mom some quotes, and his email was linked to Google. I clicked it with the intention of signing out his and into mine, 
Um, I've never checked his email, his phone, or anything. When I clicked on an email, an email that he had marked as important was at the top. It was a login code for Tinder. When I saw that, I immediately looked at his email and saw he had a Google Voice phone number. Yeesh. Deleted messages showed that he had been... Boy, she really went deep all of a sudden. Uh, Deleted messages showed that he had been messaging sex workers for a month. Many never replied. Some replied and the convo died off. Some, he actually said he was leaving work and headed to meet them, but they had never given an address. Uh, But three of them, he did give an address. Of those three, one conversation looks like the timing wasn't going to work. The second, he actually left work to meet, said he got there. Um, The third, he discussed pricing and said that he just wanted a blowjob. He had never seen her before, and the last time he had gotten a massage with a BJ, and so he went to see this one. Um, So I woke him up at 1 a.m. and told him I knew everything. He didn't deny it. In fact, we talked for three hours, and I actually believe he was honest. He answered every question I had. He said that the the one he had met with twice, two weeks apart, and each time he got a massage and a blowjob. The others, he said that he never met or that he had gotten to the location and bailed because he uh, stayed thinking about me and the kids and felt awful. He gave all the details of the one he followed through with. She didn't take her clothes off. It was less than 10 minutes. He had to close his eyes and replay porn vids in his head to get off. I asked why he did this. Why would he cheat? He said it wasn't even about the sex. It was the risk. He liked the idea of possibly getting in trouble. That it was illegal and taboo. He liked the adrenaline rush and the high he got just from messaging them. It was the buildup of the fantasy. Um, now that I get, 100%, she says. Uh, if he had told me he wanted to message people, um, I might have been able to get on board with that. But it's the cheating. Now, I know most of y'all will say to leave him. But I don't think things are always that black and white. I know he's a good person. I know he struggled uh, extensively with PTSD after two tours in Iraq and one in Afghanistan. I know he has horrible coping mechanisms. I also know that some people act out and do crazy shit when faced with their own mortality. When he did this, it was right after the x-rays on his leg, which covered in a paragraph I skipped, uh, but he's, he's having some uh, uh, a mass mm-hmm. near his heart. Um, Anyway, um, he immediately asked if there was any way I could forgive him, if we could work on us, if he could just put in the work to gain my trust again. Um, That's where it is. I don't want to be a doormat. I don't want to be cheated on. I also don't want to give up on the father of my children, who, despite this, I believe is a good man, one that made a really dumb decision. This is one where I have to go with you need to have that discussion beforehand. Mm-hmm. You know, there are couples that I know that do not have a problem with one of them going out and doing, as it were. You know, I, I, I do know that. Um, this is one of the rare times when I'm going to just say, take it to your therapists. I hope you guys are in couples counseling. And talk it out mm-hmm. and and explore with a, a third party where your feelings are, what led to this, because nothing happens in a vacuum. He didn't just wake up one day and go, I need a massage and a blowjob. Yeah. You know, and I'm going to go get that from somebody else. He, whether his thought process was on or off, 
whether he was correct or incorrect, and I'm guessing that he was incorrect, he felt forced into the decision because there's something he's not getting that he wants, that he's not communicating, that he's not getting, and that he wants. You know? You don't get to a point like this without making mistakes all along the way. Mm -hmm. And this one falls perfectly into the earlier part of the show where it's all about communication. You know? Do you want to go out, hook up with a prostitute, get a massage and a blowjob? That's what your kink is today. You have to talk to your partner with whom you have children and go, here's a thing I feel compelled to do. And they get to say, yes or no. Yeah. <laughs> no, you may not go to a prostitute, you fucking lunatic. You know? Yeah. Yeah. This, this instead of being Tinder, uh, should have been a conversation and then a few minutes spent on field. <laughs> That's a tough one. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know a lot of women who after having a baby going through postpartum feeling all of that would say to their partner sure you can go out and sleep with random women i don't think at any point in a relationship bringing in paid sex workers is anything that you should do you know without it be a team activity yeah. <laughs> and gentlemen uh, postpartum, not a great time. This is not a good look for him. No. You know, this is you not being supportive and you not being communicative, you know, and all of that. And yet, I think you guys should take it to counseling and see if there's a way to push through it. Because, I mean, you obviously care for the guy. And that's not bad. You know, I'm not faulting you for that. No. And people make mistakes. And working through them is a big deal. You know, did he murder someone? No? Okay. Maybe it's worth a conversation. Yeah, I mean, if she, if it's something that she can get past, then it sounds like they could work it out. Or maybe there's a dude at work you've had your eye on, and you can nail him and even it all out. I don't think that's how it works. Oh, that's not a good idea? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was just looking for balance. I was looking for some kind of balance. Oh. You know? No? I don't think so. We could talk about this later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I got one more letter for this week. Okay. Uh, this one's uh, I, 27-year-old female, and my girlfriend, 23-year-old female, are in a committed relationship and need advice on communication. My girlfriend and I are approaching six months together. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so you guys are already moved in with one another, <laughs> is my guess. Thank you, hauled it. Did you, did you meet at the Home Depot? <laughs> uh, my, my girlfriend and I are approaching six months together, and there are some cracks in the relationship showing at this point. One of the most serious cracks is my inability to communicate. I always struggled with communication, and it's causing us to argue. What are good ways to improve communication to keep things healthy? We're in a mutual, long-term, committed relationship. It's six months. It's not long-term. I'm so sorry to tell you this. <laughs> I understand from cliched jokes and stereotypes that this feels like a long-term relationship. <laughs> but six months is nothing. You know? No. I'm pretty sure I had a relationship for six months with a puppet. So. <laughs> this is a major crack in the relationship, yeah. for sure. Uh, blah, 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 blah. With long-term ambitions. Does anyone else other than me, struggle with communicating with their partner. 
If yes, how do you overcome it? Well, what I do is go download an episode of I Told You So <laughs> and listen to the episode six, I believe, and then listen to the first 40 minutes. Um, learning to communicate is hard. Yeah. It is It is not easy. Um, it is something I have struggled with pretty much my entire life, and I still don't feel like I'm any good at. Yet, as those of you listening to this know, I can't stop talking. <laughs> it's easier to communicate when you have a good partner, a partner that gets you that, you know, you, yeah. You know what? I'll give you my one little piece of advice. And this is the only piece of advice I feel like I am qualified to give practice. Hmm. I'm just talking about practice. <laughs> practice, man. Just practice. Talking about practice. Practice. But seriously, uh, work on it. You know, sit down. Um, go through the six steps we talked about earlier in the show. I know you're not listening to this, um, but, you know, practice. You're going to fuck up. And and that should be part of the part of the understanding of, of working on your communication is, is, hey, we need to communicate better. I need to do a better job of talking. Please understand that I am going to step on my weenie constantly while I while I try and get used to doing something I've never done before or that I don't do well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, please understand that I am uh, I am in training. I am an intern at communicating, and uh, I, I will do my best. And if you can support your uncommunicative partner as they practice, and you can understand that sometimes if you're the one that needs to practice. Um, you're going to piss them off because you're going to say dumb shit. Yeah. yeah, of course you're going to say dumb shit. We're dumb monkeys. We're, we're shaved apes. You know, we're, we, we may be the top of the food chain, but I'm just going to put it out there like this. It's a pretty low fucking bar on this planet. So <laughs> work true. on it. Just work on it. Yeah. You know, and if they're, if they're good for you and the relationship is worth saving, uh, then they're going to work with you. And if they don't, maybe it's time to try and find somebody else. Yeah. You know, get down to the Home Depot. (laughs) Is it? Is that? Am I? I am. (laughs) I am. And I apologize. I'm working on it. Help me. Uh I think that's it. Okay. Did you just groan? No, I sorry. Think you did. I think you just grown me. <laughs> I might be a little high. I got a little too high, so okay. I'm at a loss well, with that one. That's not concerning until people remember that we opened this recording with "Good morning." <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up. Of course, I did. <laughs> I was just sat here talking shit on myself for an hour, and I just decided to drag you in with me. Anyway, that's it for this week. Uh, thanks you guys so much for listening. Um, we got four more episodes till we break out to our own feed, and I hope that you'll join us there. Yes. Um, until next time, um, thank you, Tiffany. Thank you. I'm happy to do this with you I week love after you. week. I love you too. And that's what matters. <laughs>